want to welcome you all to New Creation Church. Amen. God has been good and kind to us. We are actually uh, in the last uh, sermon in the series, Family Matters. Been on a journey for six weeks, uh, dealing with this uh, series and dealing with the family. And all of us always have family and all kind of issues come with having families. Amen? They do, but God has given us his word and then given us examples in the Bible to see people and their families and their issues and how they come over, how they came, overcame those. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 50. You don't have to turn to it. I got it on the screen. Thank God for technology. Amen. So you want to have to turn to it real quick. Part A of the verse. Real quick. You stand for God's reading of his word. Real quick. There's one quick verse. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. Amen. You don't mind telling somebody he meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. God is good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Real quick, just a quick recap of what we've all done to get us to this point, what we talked about. We talked about God. Who is God is? God is the creator of the family. God created the family. So it is his family. It's not ours. So with him, he made man, male, female, and he also made us to have children. So what is the purpose of the family? To increase the image of God on the earth. So the family is to increase God's image. So the family, to have be happy in your family is a benefit, but it's not the goal. Once you have a family, you operate how God says to do it, then you will have happiness. But it's the benef- that's the benefit, not the goal. The goal is to make sure the image of God continues to flood all around this earth. So we talked about how sin destroyed the family in Genesis chapter 3, and then how sin reversed the roles, how the enemy came in and tried to make Eve the head and how he tore it all down and made Adam was like, hey, hiding out. God said, where are you, Adam? Couldn't find him. It's the woman you gave me. Blame it all on Eve and all that stuff. And so God had to set back the roles and make it right. So we've been dealing with Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now we're all the way to Joseph. Just going to read quick cat recap to what we're doing. And then last week, we discussed Joseph and his brothers. The relationship with his brothers. Jacob loved his son Joseph more than all of his other sons. He even made him his own special edition coat that no one else had on the earth. We learned that his brothers hated him. Why? Because of his daddy. Because he loved them more than all of his other sons. So it really wasn't about him. It was about what the dad did. And Joseph had a gift for, uh, from God interpreting dreams. His dreams showed him that all of his brothers and his father and everybody would eventually bow down to him. They were upset, so they tried to kill Joseph. But it was Reuben and Judah that talked some sense into the rest of the group. And I told you last week that praise would bring you back into a reason. Because sometimes our mind gets so crazy. But Judah, which means praise, will bring us back to where we need to be. Because we can get off track sometimes. We get caught up in our feelings and make bad decisions. And instead of killing him, they threw him in a pit and decided to take him out and sell him to the Ishmaelites who were down in Egypt. And I'm going to do my best to try to get through this because... The preacher in me, the pastor in me, wants to go through the whole story and make sure I ain't skipping parts, but I don't have time to do all that. So I'm going to do a whole series on Joseph one day because all of us have a little bit of Joseph in us. We have dreams. We have aspirations. God has given us gifts. And sometimes our family and those close to us will try to hurt us and break us down. So all of us have some Joseph in us, but I'm going to only throw a few small homiletic stones in that because I got to get to the family part of it because I want to show you how through God we can salvage what seems unrepairable. Because sometimes our families have been hurting so bad and it seems beyond repair. But God, with God, we can do anything. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 39 right here real quick. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, a certain captain, a guard, and an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. 
the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made him, made all he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph, who had hit out on his life, he was thrown in a pit, betrayed by his own blood, had all these issues. He was sold into slavery, but the Lord was with him. I love that. I love that. One little thing goes wrong in our life, and we're ready to quit, God. Uh, my boyfriend broke up with me. Uh, this job ain't treat me right. I, my money's funny. All that stuff might be true, but if I have God with me, that's all that really matters. Joseph had been betrayed, sold into slavery, thrown in a pit, could have been dead, but the Lord was with him. So check this out. When the Lord is with you, success will come not only to you, but to those who are around you. I love this. When God is with you, you got to think about this. God is so awesome. God is so powerful that his blessings are so big, he don't hoard them for one person. That if I'm blessed, people around me are going to be blessed. That's how it has to roll. That's why David said, you anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. Why did the cup run over? Because God was pouring so much into David that it had to fall on those who were around him. So when God is blessing you, he is pouring things out of you. So we got to want this success. The success that God gives is not predicated on your past. I love that. I love that. See, God doesn't care about your past when he's with you because he's trying to bring you to a certain place. So I can still be victorious even when I was a victim. Uh, it allows me to be triumphant even in tribulations. He does all this for one reason, so he can get all the glory from my story. Yeah, so you should be happy right there. See, God wants to get all the glory out of your life. How does he do that? By giving you these trials and tribulations. And when you finally make it through, you know it's the only way God had to work it out. There's no way that could have happened. So God wants to get the glory out of the story for your life. That's why he allows certain things to happen. So we can all point it back to him. So Joseph is running Potiphar's house. Blessings are flowing all through the house. And Potiphar's wife is noticing Joseph a little too much. Yeah, his boss's wife... She, she on him hard. She looking at him. She watching him. And look at what she did. This is the verse right here, verse 9. It says, There is one greater in the house. There is no one greater in the house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Joseph talking to the wife. Because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was. She spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her to lie with her or to be with her. Man, I wish I could spend more time there. That is a whole series, this whole sermon right there. She is chasing Joseph down, begging her, begging him to sleep with her, doing all this. But how did Joseph respond to her request? He said, first of all, first thing is wrong is you're married. I can't do this. Second thing, your husband's my boss. What do I look like? He gave everything in this house to me to take control of but you. But the third one, which is the most important, is that I am sinning against God. He said, I am sinning against God. So it wasn't just about her. He knew that God had blessed me to be in this land. Everything I did prosper. So I cannot sin against God, which leads me to my next point. Integrity means so much. Yeah. Integrity means so much. We cannot dismiss the fact that, yes, Joseph had a gift. Joseph was handsome. Joseph had success. Joseph was running things, but he had integrity, and that's why the Lord was with him. Sometimes God can't be with us how we want him to be because we have no integrity. Come on, break that down. We want to get into this thing where we don't understand why God is moving in our lives. And Joseph, back when he was younger, I told you like he was snitching on his brothers. He was going to get his dad a report, but if his dad gave them a job to do and they didn't do the job, 
They were being bad managers of what his dad gave him. So Joseph had integrity enough to say, I'm going to tell dad that y'all not doing what y'all supposed to do. So Joseph Ben had integrity. See, we got to be careful because success, we want success. Success can be a drug and it can be addictive to us. We can want this and want that, want so much. And it messes up because sometimes we want the world's version instead of God's version. Come on, yeah, yeah, you got to get to the point like I'd rather be poor and honest than rich and dishonest. I'd rather have God's blessings on me. I'd rather have God in me than go get it your way because if I get it your way, the, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow to it. And we wonder why some people have sorrow. They look like they got success, money, fame. They got everything they want to have, but there's sorrow with it. That's not God's plan for us. So, man, I got to hurry up and get to this thing. So sister girl finally pins Joseph down, and she tried to take it from me, y'all. I can't take it no more. You run through this house looking good. I don't care about my husband. You, I, Joseph, I want you. She pins him up in the corner and tells him, come lie with me. Come lay with me. Joseph gets scared and takes off running so fast he ran out of his clothes, y'all. She had his clothes in her hand. Joseph came out his robe in his master's house, butt naked, and his wife got his clothes. I can imagine the look on her face. She probably freaking out. What am I going to do? I got this man's robe in my hand. So what did she do? She lies. Help, help, help. The Egyptian, the Hebrew, y'all bought in this house is trying to sleep with me. So they run and find Joseph. He's somewhere hiding. He's somewhere naked. She tells them, yeah, this Hebrew, Hebrew boy y'all bought in my house has mocked you, has mocked everybody. He tried to sleep with me. So the husband come home. He's very disappointed. He trusted Joseph to have everything. He loved Joseph, put him in charge of everything. And now he finds out he's trying to sleep with his wife. So what does he do? He takes him and puts him in a prison. The dreamer is now in jail. I love this because I know brothers and sisters have been locked up before, and I love this just because you locked up my body don't mean you can lock up my mind. See, I can still dream. I have the power to think. I have the power to dream. So even though Joseph is locked up, that doesn't mean he still don't have his gift. So Joseph gets locked up. Verse 21, the same chapter says, again, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. A common theme about Joseph's life is that the Lord was with him. The best place any of us can be in is when the Lord is with us. Amen. Yeah, see, Joseph's in prison now. He's caught up. He didn't been lied on. He didn't went through this. He didn't went through that. All these issues. Now he's trying to do right, trying to serve God, trying to make the best out of his situation. But now he's in prison. Now his two brothers in prison with him, and they, what happens? They have dreams, but they can't interpret. See, sometimes when issues arise, God needs to get you to the right people to get you to the right place. He put them in prison to get close to them so Joseph Kid could go forth. We ain't willing to do that. We ain't willing to maybe to go to a prison season so our gift can come forth. Yes. So, so we sitting down and they they there and, and he's talking to him. Joseph interprets the dreams. He says, "This is gonna happen to you. This was gonna happen to you." And uh, he's giving them all they want to know. And then what happens? One man goes and get released by Pharaoh. He gets released and he's happy. Joseph excited. He knows that he's happy. And Joseph said, "This. Don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me." Well, we, we would probably all do the same, wouldn't we? I mean, I'm locked up. I ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't seen. I ain't did no issues. Don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. But that's not what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to sit for a season. Why? Because God knows our beginning and the end. And it's our job to trust that. See, that's difficult right there. God knows everything about our life. And it's our job to trust that. And because Joseph didn't want to trust that and told him, hey, don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. Dude forgot about Joseph for a whole two years. 
Imagine tonight, this ain't no federal prison. This ain't nothing. Now, he in a dungeon, y'all. Rats, roaches, and everything else is bad. Now, he's in a dungeon, has to sit for another two years because he, wanted, because he didn't want to wait for God's timing. See, maybe you've been living right. Maybe you've been sacrificing for God. Maybe you think you should have what you deserve right now. And because it hasn't happened yet, you do things and start speeding up the process. Yes. So tell somebody trust the process. process. You've got to learn to trust the process. See, the problem is you don't know what God is working out inside of you. That's it. You think you're ready for the blessing, but you ain't been broken yet. Jesus. You think you're ready for it. You think you can handle what God has for you, but you haven't experienced in the brokenness. Wow. I love this. Being broken allows me to appreciate the journey before I reach the destination. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It allows me to appreciate it. See? That, that, that peanut butter jelly and syrup sandwich makes that ribeye that filet mignon taste so much better. <laughs> that minimum wage job to going to be a boss makes me appreciate it so much better. Yes, yes. That being single and loving God to finally marry the person of God said I should have makes me appreciate it so much more. See, being broken lets me know that God is in control. And if he said it, and that settles it. Uh, sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. He's trying to... Man, I, gotta, I can't get to all the details and all this stuff. Man, we got to get to the family. So, so, so Joseph is two years. Uh, his homies got out. He's trying to get before Pharaoh. And he's just trying to get before Pharaoh. And the only reason he finally gets to get before Pharaoh is because Pharaoh has a dream. Again, God's using his gifting to make a way for him. So Joseph, what happens? He interprets Pharaoh's dream. He gives, he gives Egypt a business plan to survive during the family. Pharaoh sees these dreams. He says, this is how God's going to do it. He's going to have this seven years of good, seven years of bad. We got to get stuff together, start saving and making this uh, grain and all this food. So what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh makes Joseph second in command of all of Egypt. Yeah, somebody should have shouted right there. I missed y'all shout. Joseph, I'm breaking it down for you. Maybe I can catch it. Joseph, a Hebrew slave in a foreign land placed in jail by his boss, then gets a pardon, and the person that put him in jail is now underneath him. Woo! You mean to tell me God can take those who have put you in a place you didn't deserve and then put them underneath you? Why is God so awesome? I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to get you to the point to trust him which you're right now because he knows your very end. Once you get to the point that you trust him, he's able to do more exceedingly and abundantly than you can think or ask. So now 13 years have passed. Joseph was 17 when he went to Egypt. He's 30 now. The dream he interpreted about the having a, uh, the famine coming and all these things. So it was getting bad. Now they had the seven years of plenty. Now the seven years of famine coming. They in the second year of the famine and it's getting bad. Uh, Egypt has all those uh, the valuables, all the grain. So other countries are coming up to Egypt to collect from them now. So Joseph is living his best life, y'all. He in Egypt. He's second in command, only the Pharaoh. He got all the stuff, all everything underneath him. He finds him an Egyptian woman and marries her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hebrews like Egyptians too. Don't think nobody like no sisters. Don't, don't, don't let nobody fool you. That's in the Bible. They like sisters too. So he marries him an Egyptian woman and got a couple kids. And, and Joseph is chilling, having all this good stuff. He didn't kind of forgot about his brothers and all that mess, all that pain. Like he got out of that. And then we get to Genesis 42, when Jacob saw that there was no grain. This is Joseph's father in Egypt. When Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do y'all look to another? And he said, indeed, I've heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy from us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. For he said, let some calamity befall 
him. So we see a father who has been crippled. See, Benjamin had the same mama as, jo as Joseph, Rachel. She's passed away now. So he says, look here, y'all 10 go down there, but I'm not losing my other son to y'all. Y'all can go. So we see a father who has been crippled by his son's lies. He thinks Joseph is dead, and Benjamin is the only thing he has to keep close to Rachel. His brothers thought they got rid of their problem with Joseph. See, all that love and affection and grief, all that stuff that Joseph got, it just turned to Benjamin. Mm. All the things they thought was going to bring him closer to their daddy probably made their daddy worse before because now he's paranoid. Now he's tripping. Now he got issues. He don't want his son to go nowhere. He's holding up to him. And it amazes me how sin gives us these impulses and notions that if we do what sin wants us to do, it's going to work out in our good. When we do something that we think is going to work out, that we think this is not God's plan, but I want it to work, I go and do it this way, and then it don't work out how we thought, and then we get mad at God. Why is that? The brothers is tripping now. They all messed up, so now they're going down to Egypt. They're going to buy some grain, and guess who recognizes his brothers? Good old Joseph. It's been 13 years. They don't recognize him. He looks like an Egyptian now. Even in that sun, he got some tan on him. He don't look the same. So Joseph calls them over. He said, hey, y'all spies. What y'all doing down here? Y'all some spies. They said, no, no, no. We're not spies. We're 12 brothers. The youngest is still with the father, and one of our brothers is no more. So Joseph said, okay, then prove it. Bring me your younger brother, and I'm going to put the rest of y'all in jail until y'all come back. So now they sit in prison for three days. They all messed up. Joseph comes and says, look here, if y'all honest men, like y'all say y'all are, go down to your family. I'm just going to keep one of y'all here. The rest of y'all go. Bring me back y'all little brother, and y'all will not die. The pick up right here in verse 21. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. They in jail. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we were not here. Therefore, this distress comes upon us. And Reuben answered, said, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? You would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required for us. The brothers' hearts have become cold. They've forgotten about Joseph. They put it out their mind. All of us had something. We tried to put it out of our mind. Something we did. We had no business doing. Shouldn't have did it. Wish we didn't did it. Regret it. And we just tried to put that all the way in the back of our mind. I, I, am I the only one I ever had a feeling like that? Got quiet on me. Oh, Jesus. Back of the mind. Y'all know the back of the mind is I try to forget that thing. I'm trying to get rid of it. I ain't trying to think about it no more. But now they face with the problem. So the brothers are having a real conversation and the weight of the sin is on them. They remember his anguish. They remember seeing their brother crying saying, come back, come back. Don't leave me, don't leave me. All them feelings are hurting them. Then the oldest boy reminded everybody what he said. I did a trip. The person that knew they was right, I always got reminded everybody they was right. I told y'all don't send them over there. I told y'all keep the boy. I told y'all that ain't helping none of us now. We in jail, bro. We trying to get out of here. What we going to do? So Joseph, is, he's kind of playing with him. He's using an interpreter to communicate with them. But Joseph speaks Hebrew. He knows exactly what they're saying. So he says he keeps Simeon. He keeps one brother and lets the other one go down to uh, back to Canaan to get with their father. Simeon is one of the ones that tried to kill him and was cool with selling him. So imagine being Joseph for a minute, y'all. The day has come, your brothers who stole your Nike, Polo, Tommy, Gucci coat, your special edition, they threw you in a pit that should have killed you, then sold you into slavery, holds you screaming, heard you saying, please stop, don't do this, don't do this, heard all that, didn't do nothing, then you go to someone's house, do what's right, go spend two years in a dungeon, all because of them, and now I got the power to get them back. 
What would you do? What would you do? This is real life. Because sometimes them, them same predicaments happen another way where somebody has done us dirty, done us horrible, treated us like dirt. And now the tables have turned and now we got a position, we got a way, a position of power that we can do something about it or we can harm them. So Joseph sends them back, he fills up their grain and he gives them their money back. So the brothers get back home, they scared, they tripping now. Not only do they got grain, not only do they got what they need, but all their money back in their sacks. They like, this dude trying to set us up. This dude trying to kill us, what is he doing? They nervous and paranoid. So they get back home, Jacob, who real, whose name is Israel now, doesn't want to release Benjamin no more. They tell him, hey, daddy, we got to go back and get some more grain, but we got to give us a young boy. And he don't want to release his sons. So then time has went by, they're running out of food now. So they like, the brothers are here. If I don't bring them back, kill my family, daddy. They, the daddy's all jacked up. We all going to die. If I don't bring them back, kill, do whatever you got to do, daddy. But I'll put my life in his hands. I, I die before he come back, before he don't come back, daddy. So they all plead with the daddy because they're about to die because there is no more food now. They're all hungry. So they finally convince the daddy to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and give him the boy because we all going to die. They get up. They leave. They cry. Then they go to dinner. They go have dinner with Joseph. So Joseph has all 12 of his brothers back in his presence. And Joseph a clown, y'all. Joseph silly. He went and put them all in order how old they was. Set them around the table. They looked at him like, how he know this? They tripping. So he got them out. He had dinner with them. And they talking about what's going on. He asked them how their father's doing. Then he gets to see his little brother. He, uh, his little brother he ain't seen since he was 17. It's the same. They share the same mother. So he hugs them. Shows some emotions. are all out of whack now. He got so much going on, he's feeling happy because he gets to see his little brother. He sees the two brothers that tried to save him. He sees the other ones. He got all these emotions built up in him. So Joseph leaves. He goes and goes crying. He got to go get back. He goes back in the chamber, goes crying, and he comes out and says this. It messes up the whole program. He says, I, in verse 45, chapter 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But the brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Can you imagine that? That he came in and said, I am Joseph? Can you imagine the look on their face? They probably ready to pee on themselves. <laughs> Scared to death. What you mean, you Joseph? But they all end up at the table, bowing down, asking for grain, just like his dream said it would. I'm glad to know that when God handles on your life, ain't no one or no thing that can stop it. When God said this is what's for you, when God said this is yours, nobody can take it away from you. His brothers tried to kill him. They tried to put him in jail. They tried to do everything they told him, but it still came to pass. So Joseph uh, rescues his family. He comes down to Egypt. Uh, they survived the famine. Some time has passed. Israel now dies. His daddy dies now. So Israel came. He's happy. He finally got to see Joseph, and he can't believe it. So his dad's like, hey, I'm good. I thought my son was dead. I can go. I can die. I can go to heaven. Everything's good now. They get them all back, and they take them back to bury him. They go all the way back, tell Pharaoh, hey, I need to go back and bury my father. I need to go back to Canaan. So they did all this to get to this point right here, because Joseph returns home with his brothers. And that's verse 15 right there. It says, when Joseph saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a messenger to Joseph before he died and commanded and saying, Thus, you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. Check out their language, though. They said, 
maybe since our father is dead, they come to him and say, before your father died, he commanded. They still don't call each other brothers. You see how that line of separation has divided that whole family? Wow. It's not our father. Wow. It's your father. Wow, see, good. when we divide our families and play favors with our kids and do all that silly stuff, it messes them up. They don't even know how to communicate together. As a family, the work is a unit. Before, they said, they gave him the jacket. They said, is this your son's? Now they're saying, your father. The brothers have been hurt and damaged so bad. So as a family, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a man, whatever I got, if I'm not married to have my kids somewhere else, it's my job to repair their hearts. It's my job as the parent. Because they're children. They don't know. We've lived longer than them. I can't expect them to understand relationships yet. I can't expect them to know how to love. I can't expect them to come together. I'm the adult, so it's my job to fix this before they get older and call them your mama and your brother and your daddy and your sister. And now I got division all in my house and my family. And my kids don't even like each other. Why? Because I didn't take time to show them all that I love them. Come on. Come on. We gotta love our kids. It's just truth be told, we got multiple kids. One gonna make you cry, and one gonna make you laugh. One gonna make you pray, and one gonna make you a little happy. That's just it. You got multiple kids. They all different. They all got a little something, something in them. They all. But guess what? The one that we try to make Jesus got some bad in them too. And the one we think is so bad got some good in them too. Quit making all this notions about everything. All the kids all have good and bad in them. It's our job to bring that out as parents and to love on them. So the brothers, they said, look here, they said, Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers said, then his brothers also went down and fell before his face and said, Behold, we are your servants. The brothers' guilty, guilty conscience has finally kicked in to full, full, full effect. Daddy ain't around to save us no more. What are we going to do? It caused them some seriously to underestimate Joseph's genuineness of his forgiveness and his affection for them. Joseph had already gave y'all double the grain. He gave you all your money back. He bought y'all here, revealed himself to y'all. He didn't have to do that. He could have put y'all head on the stakes when y'all rolled up. I could have killed y'all. Egypt, daddy would never know nothing. He did all this to show them that he loved them. He had, watch this, words and actions. Because actions speak louder than words. So if I say I love you, I got to show you. I'm showing you that I love you. It's not just me talking about it. I'm not just saying I forgive you. I truly forgive you. How? I'm going to show you. So Joseph had words and actions behind it. But only God can do this. Trust, if Joseph didn't know God, there's no way he'd been able to forgive them brothers. Yeah. If he didn't know God, there's no way he would have been able to forgive them. It makes us hold a grudge when we don't know him. I come to challenge all of us today. If someone in our family, maybe even a close friend, we consider family, has hurt us, betrayed us, but we won't let it go. Has hurt us bad, hurt us real. That's real. Hearts hurt. They've done something wrong to us, but we won't let it go. Maybe they might not try to kill you literally. They ain't no, held no guns in your head. Or maybe they try to assassinate your character. Maybe they're trying to kill you and your reputation and who you are to other people. And you've been holding that grudge. Here's a quote about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord has for your future. That's deep. Chains us to the past. How are we going to get free? 
Ain't you tired of being chained and bowed down? And it tricks me out because when you mad at other people, old school said you give them rent in your head for free. Uh, they ain't thinking about you. They probably don't even know they made you mad or don't care they did. And you so caught up in it, you so upset and mad about it, that it's controlling your move and how you think you worry about what's going on with them. No, it changed you to your past. I'm sorry, the kids son of freedom today. I want to be free. I don't want nothing chaining me down, nothing holding me down. I want to be free as possible. Yes. It poisons our present. So if I'm changed to my past, that means my right now is all jacked up. Do we want poison? It poisons my present. So if my past is jacked up and my present is jacked up, how am I going to have a future? The reason the Lord was with Joseph because he was working with God. He loved God genuinely. He said, I know what God, I know what's going on. My life is crazy right now, but I trust you and committed to you. That's why he still was able to have his future. So we got to realize that me holding grudges and being mean and being evil and all these things is not going to get me to where God wants me to be. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. What? To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Why would I want to get, forgive the inexcusable? Because God forgave you and your in, inexcusable self. Uh, somebody, uh, uh, when I was in adultery, uh, somebody forgave me. When you was in a fornication, somebody forgave you. When you was a drug abuser, somebody forgave you. When you was fighting, when it was murder, when it was backbiting, whatever you did, God forgave you, but how am I going to forgive nobody else? God has forgiven us for everything. He pinned it to the cross. So how do we not forgive people? God loves us, y'all. Yes, he does. But if yes. we love God, we got to love what he loves most. People. Jesus. I might went over here. When, when we love God, we got to love what he loves most, and that's people. Ooh. Yeah, that's what, that's what God loves most. Oh, God, that's good. 19, Joseph said to him, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for my good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people. Woo. Next time you see your family member that's messed you up and jacked you up, you better walk up to him and give him a hug and say, I forgive you. Oh. I forgive you. I look up and sweet. Come and give me a hug. I love you. You kiss them on their forehead. Give them a grandma kiss. I love you. I love you with all my heart. For real, for real. Whoever it is, because check this out. Joseph is all jacked up. You got to let people know there's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. Because loving is my choice. And I'm not giving you the take You don't have the power to take away my choice. I choose to love you. I choose to forgive you. Once I stop letting me choose, and now I'm acting how you want me to act, I've given you control. I can't give nobody control over me. I can't give nobody my mind and my heart and my emotions. No, I have to control that. So we have to love people. I would not hold anger and malice in my heart towards anybody because God has forgiven me for something. So guess what? I'm going to forgive you too. But as for you, look at this. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. I love that. Uh, if you didn't hate me, if you didn't betray me, if you didn't sell me to the Egyptians, if I didn't go to prison, if I wouldn't have landed in Egypt, I would have never found a favor with Pharaoh. And I wouldn't have saved all my family from starvation. So it's fine what you meant for evil. God actually meant it for my good. Uh, Y'all look at me crazy. Okay, okay, that's the Bible. That's the, past. that's the Bible. That's the Bible. I believe in the Bible, praise God. But I got some real life put on it too. Uh, it was a, it was a man, a car dealership man, a car dealer man in a small town. He was robbed, and his twelve-year-old son was killed. 
The thieves slit the man's throat and buried him in a shallow grave and left him for dead. The man dug his way out of the grave, ran to the nearest home, and rushed to the hospital where he was cared for. The police found and brought the people to justice who had brought so much evil upon his family. But y'all probably wonder, how did this man's throat get slit, get put in a grave? How was he able to dig himself out? That only makes good sense. The reason the man didn't didn't bleed to death from having his throat cut is because the throat, the, the excuse me, the dirt that was thrown over him stopped stopped the wound. So he was buried. The dirt that was thrown over him stopped the wound. The thing that was meant to kill me actually bought my deliverance. I'm gonna be this thing. The dirt stopped the bleeding. That very thing that they meant to murder him with helped save him in the end. So whatever's been thrown at you lately, whatever someone has said or did to hurt you, don't get discouraged. The very thing that God, that they did to hurt you, God will use to bless you. The very thing they did to put evil, God will use it for your good. Our God is a transformation God. He transformed things. Things that were intended to hurt me and harm me, he uses them for our good. God did it for Joseph. God did it for that man. So I know God will do it for me and you as well. God will help you through it all. But you gotta know he comes to help and deliver. Yes, yes. So don't get mad when evil arises in your life. Thank don't get mad when people hurt you. I know it might hurt because you might love them and it might be close. But know that God is working it for my good. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God, for this for today. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, for this series, oh God. I thank you, God, for using your word to show us that family matters, oh God, that we must be good stewards of our families, oh God, that families are important to you, oh God, that we must love our husbands, our wives, love our children, love our close friends, love everyone, Father God, in the midst of it all, even when things get hard, we must know that whatever is happening, and it might seem evil, but you mean it for our good. Because we cannot get to the blessing without being broken. So I don't know where you stand at today. But I know Jesus loves you. I don't know where you at with your relationship with Christ. But he died for me, for you, for everyone in here. He came. They said the song earlier said I was worth saving. God thought we were worth saving, y'all. He took that punishment, that beating. He took all that just so he can save us. We look at Joseph as a, as a type of Christ. He took all kind of punishment and beating for his brothers so God can use him to save him as well. God loves you. And God wants you to make a decision, a clear, conscious decision to say, you know what, Lord? I want you as my Lord and Savior. And that's the key thing, Lord and Savior. Everybody want to be saved. We want Jesus to be our Savior. Save us from hell. Save us from this. And he wants to do all that. But he also wants to be Lord of your life. Lord means I submit to you. Lord means I love you more than I love myself. Yes. Lord means I will do what you're asking me to do. Lord means I bow down to you. Yes. And to get experience God how you need to experience him, he got to be Lord first. Savior is the icing on the cake. But he got to be Lord first. So if anybody wants to let Jesus be Lord and Savior, today will be a great day. Today will be a great day. Or maybe you are saved. Maybe you're just in transition, transition. You're looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Brand new church. God is doing some amazing things here. I'm grateful for what he's doing and moving through this ministry. 
me, Levy Thomas, and I would love to have you. Love to pass you. Love to love on you and help you be what God has called you to be. Or maybe you, maybe you just want to be baptized, a candidate for baptism. We'll take you to that water. Whatever you desire, but just know that God loves you and he cares. God loves you. He's never forgotten about you. I know at times we think God has forgotten about us. God has left us. We and Joseph in that dungeon experience. We locked away. We've been beat down and hurt and in pain. And we've forgotten all. But trust me, God is there and he cares. Sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. So if there's anyone, maybe you need special prayer. We'll pray with you today. I don't know what you need right now. You need special prayer. Myself, Lady Thomas, and I will pray with you. Whatever you stand in the need of, just know Jesus is real and he loves you. He cares for you. Say, I don't drag this out, but I care about your soul. I do. And God does too. So last call for you. You need to be saved. And only you and God know that. If you need to be saved, make a decision for Christ. If you need a church home, you need a covering, somebody to love you, somebody to pray for you, make a decision. Or maybe you need special prayer. Like I said, that's what we're here for. Make a decision. But we love you and we care for you. Amen. All right. Let's give God a praise. Amen. Amen. You got something for the word today. You got to praise. Amen. He's good. He's kind. He's so great. Merciful to us all. I want to welcome you all to New Creation Church. Amen. 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 God has been good and kind to us. We are actually uh, in the last uh, sermon in the series, Family Matters. Been on a journey for six weeks uh, dealing with this uh, series and dealing with the family. And all of us always have family and all kind of issues come with having families. Amen? They do, but God has given us his word and then given us examples in the Bible to see people and their families and their issues and how they come over, how they came overcame those. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 50. Well, you don't even have to turn to it. I got it on the screen. Thank God for technology. Amen. So you want to have to turn to it real quick. Part A of the verse. Real quick. You stand for God's reading of his word. Real quick. There's one quick verse. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. Amen. You don't mind telling somebody, he meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. God is good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Real quick, just a quick recap of what we've all done to get us to this point, what we talked about. We talked about God. Who is God is? God is the creator of the family. God created the family. So it is his family. It's not ours. So with him, he made man, male, female, and he also made us to have children. So what is the purpose of the family? To increase the image of God on the earth. So the family is to increase God's image. So the family, to have be happy in your family is a benefit, but it's not the goal. Once you have a family, you operate how God says to do it, then you will have happiness. But it's the benefit, that's the benefit, not the goal. The goal is to make sure the image of God continues to flood all around this earth. So we talked about how sin destroyed the family in Genesis chapter 3, and then how sin reversed the roles, how the enemy came in, he tried to make Eve the head, and how he tore it all down, and made Adam was like, hey, hiding out. God said, where are you, Adam? Couldn't find him. It's the woman you gave me. Blamed it all on Eve and all that stuff. And so God had to set back the roles and make it right. So we've been dealing with Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And now we're all the way to Joseph. Just going to re quick cap recap to what we're doing. And then last week, we discussed Joseph and his brothers. 
his relationship with his brother Jacob loved his son Joseph more than all of his other sons. He even made him his own special edition coat that no one else had on the earth. We learned that his brothers hated him. Why? Because of his daddy. Because he loved them more than all of his other sons. So it really wasn't about him. It was about what the dad did. And Joseph had a gift for, uh, from God interpreting dreams. His dreams showed him that all of his brothers and his father and everybody would eventually bow down to him. They were upset, so they tried to kill Joseph. But it was Reuben and Judah that talked some sense into the rest of the group. And I told you last week that praise would bring you back into a reason. Because sometimes our mind gets so crazy. But Judah, which means praise, will bring us back to where we need to be because we can get off track sometimes. We get caught up in our feelings and make bad decisions. And instead of killing him, they threw him in a pit and decided to take him out and sell him to the Ishmaelites who were down in Egypt. And I'm going to do my best to try to get through this because... The preacher in me, the pastor in me, wants to go through the whole story and make sure I ain't skipping parts, but I don't have time to do all that. So I'm going to do a whole series on Joseph one day because all of us have a little bit of Joseph in us. We have dreams. We have aspirations. God has given us gifts. And sometimes our family and those close to us will try to hurt us and break us down. So all of us have some Joseph in us, but I'm going to only throw a few small homiletic stones in that because i got to get to the family part of it because I want to show you how through God we can salvage what seems unrepairable. Because sometimes our families have been hurting so bad and it seems beyond repair. But God, with God, we can do anything. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 39 right here real quick. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, a certain captain, a guard, and an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made him, made all he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph, who had hit out on his life, he was thrown in a pit, betrayed by his own blood, had all these issues. He was sold into slavery, but the Lord was with him. I love that. I love that. One little thing goes wrong in our life, and we're ready to quit, God. Uh, my boyfriend broke up with me. Uh, this job ain't treating me right. All my money's funny. All that stuff might be true, but if I have God with me, that's all that really matters. Joseph had been betrayed, sold into slavery, thrown in a pit, could have been dead, but the Lord was with him. So check this out. When the Lord is with you, success will come not only to you, but to those who are around you. I love this. When God is with you, you got to think about this. God is so awesome. God is so powerful that his blessings are so big, he don't hoard them for one person. That if I'm blessed, people around me are going to be blessed. That's how it has to run. That's why David said, you anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. Why did the cup run over? Because God was pouring so much into David that it had to fall on those who were around him. So when God is blessing you, he is pouring things out of you. So we got to want this success. The success that God gives is not predicated on your past. I love that. I love that. See, God doesn't care about your past when he's with you because he's trying to bring you to a certain place. So I can still be victorious even when I was a victim. Uh, it allows me to be triumphant even in tribulations. He does all this for one reason, so he can get all the glory from my story. Yeah, so you should be happy right there. See, God wants to get all the glory out of your life. How does he do that? By giving you these trials and tribulations. And when you finally make it through, you know it's the only way God had to work it out. There's no way that could have happened. So God wants to get the glory out of the story for your life. That's why he allows certain things to happen. So we can all point it back to him. So Joseph is running Potiphar's house. Blessings are flowing all through the house. And Potiphar's wife is noticing Joseph a little too much. Yeah, his boss's wife... She, she on him hard. She's looking at him. She's watching him. And look at what she did. This is the verse right here, verse 9. It says, 
There is one greater in the house. There is no one greater in the house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Joseph talking to the wife. Because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was. She spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her to lie with her or to be with her. Man, I wish I could spend more time there. That is a whole series, this whole sermon right there. She is chasing Joseph down, begging her, begging him to sleep with her, doing all this. But how did Joseph respond to her request? He said, first of all, first thing is wrong is you're married. I can't do this. Second thing, your husband's my boss. What do I look like? He gave everything in this house to me to take control over too. But the third one, which is the most important, is that I am sinning against God. He said, I am sinning against God. So it wasn't just about her. He knew that God had blessed me to be in this land. Everything I did prosper. So I cannot sin against God, which leads me to my next point. Integrity means so much. Yeah. Integrity means so much. We cannot dismiss the fact that, yes, Joseph had a gift. Joseph was handsome. Joseph had success. Joseph was running things, but he had integrity, and that's why the Lord was with him. Sometimes God can't be with us how we want him to be because we have no integrity. Come on, break that down. We want to get into this thing where we don't understand why God is moving in our lives. And Joseph, back when he was younger, I told you like he was snitching on his brothers. He was going to get his dad a report. But if his dad gave them a job to do and they didn't do the job, they were being bad managers of what his dad gave them. So Joseph had integrity enough to say, I'm going to tell dad that y'all not doing what y'all supposed to do. So Joseph Ben had integrity. See, we got to be careful because success, we want success. Success can be a drug and it can be addictive to us. We can want this and want that, we want so much. And it messes up because sometimes we want the world's version instead of God's version. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to get to the point like, I'd rather be poor and honest than rich and dishonest. I'd rather have God's blessings on me. I'd rather have God in me than go get it your way because if I get your way, the, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow to it. And we wonder why some people have sorrow. They look like they got success, money, fame. They got everything they want to have, but there's sorrow with it. That's not God's plan for us. Amen. Yeah, so, I, man, I got to hurry up and get to this thing. So, sister girl finally pins Joseph down and she tried to take it from me. I, was like, I can't take it no more. You run through this house looking good. I don't care about my husband. You, I, Joseph, I want you. She pins him up in the corner and tells him, come lie with me. Come lay with me. Joseph gets scared. And takes off running so fast, he ran out of his clothes, y'all. Uh-oh. She had his clothes in her hand. Joseph came out of his robe, being in his master's house, butt naked, and his wife got his clothes. I can imagine the look on her face. She probably freaking out. What am I going to do? I got this man's robe in my hand. So what did she do? She lies. Help, help, help. The Egyptian, y'all, the Hebrew y'all bought in this house is trying to sleep with me. So they run and find Joseph. He's somewhere hiding. He's somewhere naked. She tells them, yeah, this Hebrew, Hebrew boy y'all bought in my house has mocked you, has mocked everybody. He tried to sleep with me. So the husband come home. He's very disappointed. He trusted Joseph to have everything. He loved Joseph, put him in charge of everything. And now he finds out he's trying to sleep with his wife. So what does he do? He takes him and puts him in a prison. The dreamer is now in jail. I love this because I know brothers and sisters have been locked up before, and I love this just because you locked up my body don't mean you can lock up my mind. See, I can still dream. I have the power to think. I have the power to dream. So even though Joseph is locked up, that doesn't mean he still don't have his gift. So Joseph gets locked up. Verse 21, the same chapter says, again, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. 
A common theme about Joseph's life is that the Lord was with him. The best place any of us can be in is when the Lord is with us. Amen. Yes, Joseph's in prison now. He's caught up. He didn't been lied on. He didn't went through this. He didn't went through that. All these issues. Now he's trying to do right, trying to serve God, trying to make the best out of his situation. But now he's in prison. Now his two brothers in prison with him, and they what happens? They have dreams, but they can't interpret. See, sometimes when issues arise, God needs to get you to the right people to get you to the right place. He put them in prison to get close to them so Joseph Gift could go forth. And we ain't willing to do that. We ain't willing to maybe to go to a prison season so our gift can come forth. Yes. So, so we sitting down and they, they there and, and he's talking to them. Joseph interprets their dreams. He says, this is going to happen to you. This is going to happen to you. And uh, he's giving them all they want to know. And then what happens? One man goes and gets released by Pharaoh. He gets released. And he's happy. Joseph's excited. He knows that he's happy. And Joseph said this, don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. Well, we, we would probably all do the same, wouldn't we? I mean, I'm locked up. I ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't seen. I ain't did no issues. Don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. But that's not what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to sit for a season. Why? Because God knows our beginning and the end. And it's our job to trust that. See, that's the difficult right there. God knows everything about our life. And it's our job to trust that. And because Joseph didn't want to trust that and told him, hey, don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. Dude forgot about Joseph for a whole two years. Imagine tonight, this ain't no federal prison. This ain't now he in a dungeon, y'all. Rats, roaches, and everything else is bad. Now he's in a dungeon, has to sit for another two years because he wanted because he didn't want to wait for God's timing. See, maybe you've been living right. Maybe you've been sacrificing for God. Maybe you think you should have what you deserve right now. And because it hasn't happened yet, you do things to start speeding up the process. Yes, yes. See, tell somebody trust the process. process. You've got to learn to trust the process. See, the problem is you don't know what God is working out inside of you. That's it. You think you're ready for the blessing, but you ain't been broken yet. Jesus. You think you're ready for it. You think you can handle what God has for you, but you haven't experienced the brokenness. I love this. Being broken allows me to appreciate the journey before I reach the destination. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It allows me to appreciate it. See, that, that, that peanut butter jelly and syrup sandwich makes that ribeye and that filet mignon taste so much better. Uh, that minimum wage job to going to be a boss makes me appreciate it so much better. That being single and loving God to finally marry the person of God said I should have makes me appreciate it so much more. See, being broken lets me know that God is in control. And if he said it, then that settles it. Uh, sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. That's it. That's it. Come on. He's trying to, man, I got I can't get to all the details and all this stuff. Man, we got to get to the family. So, so, so Joseph is two years. Uh, his homies got out. He's trying to get before Pharaoh. And he's just trying to get before Pharaoh. And the only reason he finally gets to get before Pharaoh is because Pharaoh has a dream. Again, God's using his gifting to make a way for him. So Joseph, what happens? He interprets Pharaoh's dream. He gives, he gives Egypt a business plan to survive during the family. Pharaoh sees these dreams. He says, this is how God's going to do it. He's going to have this seven years of good, seven years of bad. We got to get stuff together, start saving and making this uh, grain and all this food. So what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh makes Joseph second in command of all of Egypt. Yeah, somebody should have shouted right there. I miss y'all shout. Joseph, I'm breaking it down for you. Maybe I'll catch it. Joseph, a Hebrew slave in a foreign land placed in jail by his boss, then gets a pardon, and the person that put him in jail is now underneath him. Woo! You mean to tell me God can take those who have put you in a place you didn't deserve and then put them underneath you? 
Why is God so awesome? I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to get you to the point to trust him with your right now because he knows your very end. Once you get to the point that you trust him, he's able to do more exceedingly and abundantly than you can think of ask. So now 13 years have passed. Joseph was 17 when he went to Egypt. He's 30 now. The dream he interpreted about the, having a, uh, the famine coming and all these things. So it's getting bad now. They had the seven years of plenty. Now the seven years of famine coming. They in the second year of the famine and it's getting bad. Uh, Egypt has all those uh, the valuables, all the grain. So other countries are coming up to Egypt to collect from them now. So Joseph was living his best life, y'all. He in Egypt. He's second in command, only the Pharaoh. He got all the stuff, all everything underneath him. He finds him an Egyptian woman and marries her. Yeah, y'all, yeah, Hebrews like Egyptians too. Don't think nobody like no sisters. Don't, don't, don't let nobody fool you. That's in the Bible. They like sisters too. So he marries him an Egyptian woman and got a couple of kids. And, and Joseph is chilling, having all this good stuff. He didn't kind of forgot about his brothers and all that mess, all that pain. Like he got out of that. And then we get to Genesis 42. When Jacob saw that there was no grain, this is Joseph's father in Egypt. When Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do y'all look to another? And he said, indeed, I've heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy from us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. For he said, let some calamity befall him. So we see a father who has been crippled. See, Benjamin had the same mama as, jo- as Joseph, Rachel. She's passed away now. So he says, look here, y'all ten go down there, but I'm not losing my other son to y'all. Y'all can go. So we see a father who has been crippled by his son's lies. He thinks Joseph is dead, and Benjamin is the only thing he has to keep close to Rachel. His brothers thought they got rid of their problem with Joseph. See, all that love and affection and grief, all that stuff that Joseph got, it just turned to Benjamin. All the things they thought was going to bring him closer to their daddy probably made their daddy worse before, before because now he's paranoid. Now he's tripping. Now he got issues. He don't want his son to go nowhere. He's holding up to him. And it amazes me how sin gives us these impulses and notions that if we do what sin wants us to do, it's going to work out in our good. When we do something that we think is going to work out, that we think this is not God's plan, but I want it to work, I go and do it this way, and then it don't work out how we thought, and then we get mad at God. Why is that? The brothers is tripping now. They all messed up. So now they're going down to Egypt. They're going to buy some grain. And guess who recognizes his brothers? Good old Joseph. It's been 13 years. They don't recognize him. He looks like an Egyptian now. Even in that sun, he got some tan on him. He don't look the same. So Joseph calls them over. He said, hey, y'all spies. What y'all doing down here? Y'all some spies. They said, no, no, no. We're not spies. We're 12 brothers. The youngest is still with the father. And one of our brothers is no more. So Joseph said, okay, then prove it. Bring me your younger brother, and I'm going to put the rest of y'all in jail until y'all come back. So now they sit in prison for three days. They all messed up. Joseph comes and says, look here, if y'all honest men, like y'all say y'all are, go down to your family. I'm just going to keep one of y'all here. The rest of y'all go. Bring me back y'all little brother, and y'all will not die. The pick up right here in verse 21. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. They in jail. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress comes upon us. And Reuben answered, said, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? You would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required for us. 
the brothers' hearts have become cold. They've forgotten about Joseph. They put it out their mind. All of us had something. We tried to put out our mind. Something we did. We had no business doing. Shouldn't have did it. Wish we didn't did it. Regret it. And we just try to put that all the way in the back of our mind. I, I, am I the only one that ever had a feeling like that? Y'all quiet on me. Ah, Jesus. Back of the mind. Y'all know the back of the mind is I try to forget that thing. I'm trying to get rid of it. I ain't trying to think about it no more. But now they face with the problem. So the brothers are having a real conversation and the weight of the sin is on them. They remember his anguish. They remember seeing their brother crying saying, come back, come back, don't leave me, don't leave me. All them feelings are hurting them. Then the oldest boy reminded everybody what he said. I did a trip, the person that knew they was right, I always got to remind everybody they was right. I told y'all don't send them over there. I told y'all keep the boy. I told y'all that ain't helping none of us. Now we in jail, bro. We trying to get out of here. What we gonna do? So Joseph He's kind of playing with him. He's using an interpreter to communicate with them. But Joseph speaks Hebrew. He knows exactly what they're saying. So he says he keeps Simeon. He keeps one brother and lets the other one go down to uh, back to Canaan to get with their father. Simeon is one of the ones that tried to kill him and was cool with selling him. So imagine being Joseph for a minute, y'all. The day has come, your brothers who stole your Nike, Polo, Tommy, Gucci coat, your special edition, they threw you in a pit that should have killed you then sold you into slavery, holds you screaming, heard you saying, please stop, don't do this, don't do this, heard all that. Didn't do nothing. Then you go to someone's house, do what's right, go spend two years in a dungeon, all because of them, and now I got the power to get them back. What would you do? What would you do? This is real life. Because sometimes them, them same predicaments happen another way where somebody has done us dirty, done us horrible, treated us like dirt. And now the tables have turned and now we got a position, we got a way, a position of power that we can do something about it or we can harm them. So Joseph sends them back, he fills up their grain and he gives them their money back. So the brothers get back home. They scared, they tripping now. Not only do they got grain, not only do they got what they need, but all their money back in their sacks. They like, this dude trying to set us up. This dude trying to kill us. What is he doing? They nervous and paranoid. So they get back home. Jacob, whose who name is Israel now, doesn't want to release Benjamin no more. They tell him, hey, daddy, we got to go back and get some more grain, but we got to give us a young boy. And he don't want to release his sons. So then time has went by, they're running out of food now. So they like, the brothers are here. If I don't bring them back, kill my family, daddy. They, the daddy's all jacked up. We all going to die. If I don't bring them back, kill, do whatever you got to do, daddy. But we, I'll put my life in his hands. I, I'll die before he come back, before he don't come back, daddy. So they all plead with the daddy because they're about to die because there is no more food now. They're all hungry. So they finally convinced the daddy to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and give him the boy because we all going to die. They get up. They leave. They cry. Then they go to dinner. They go have dinner with Joseph. So Joseph has all 12 of his brothers back in his presence. And Joseph a clown, y'all. Joseph silly. He went and put them all in order how old they was. Settled around the table. They looked at him like, how he know this? They tripping. So he got them out. He had dinner with them. And they talking about what's going on. He asked them how their father's doing. Then he gets to see his little brother. He, uh, his little brother he ain't seen since he was 17. It's the same. They share the same mother. So he hugs them. Joseph's emotions are all out of whack now. He got so much going on, he's feeling happy because he gets to see his little brother. He sees the two brothers that tried to save him. He sees the other ones. He got all these emotions built up in him. So Joseph leaves. He goes and goes crying. He got to go get back. He goes back in the chamber, goes cry, and he comes out and says this. It messes up the whole program. He says, I, in verse 45, chapter 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. 
Does my father still live? But the brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Can you imagine that? That he came in and said, I am Joseph? Can you imagine the look on their face? They probably ready to pee on themselves. <laughs> Scared to death. What you mean, you Joseph? But they all end up at the table, bowing down, asking for grain, just like his dream said it would. I'm glad to know that when God's hand is on your life, ain't no one or no thing that can stop it. When God said this is what's for you, when God said this is yours, nobody can take it away from you. His brothers tried to kill him. They tried to put him in jail. They tried to do everything they told him, but it still came to pass. So Joseph uh, rescues his family. He comes down to Egypt. Uh, they survived the famine. Some time has passed. Israel now dies. His daddy dies now. So Israel came. He's happy. He finally got to see Joseph, and he can't believe it. So his dad's like, hey, I'm good. I thought my son was dead. I can go. I can die. I go to heaven. Everything's good now. They get him all back, and they take him back to bury him. They go all the way back. Tell Pharaoh, hey, I need to go back and bury my father. I need to go back to Canaan. So did all this to get to this point right here that Joseph returns home with his brothers. And that's verse 15 right there. It says, when Joseph saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. And may actually repay us for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a messenger to Joseph before he died and commanded and saying, Thus, you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. Check out their language, though. They said, maybe, since our father is dead, they come to him and say, before your father died, he commanded. They still don't call each other brothers. You see how that line of separation has divided that whole family? Wow. It's not our father. Wow. It's your father. Wow, see, good. when we divide our families and play favors with our kids and do all that silly stuff, it messes them up. They don't even know how to communicate together. As a family, the work is a unit. Before they said, they gave him the jacket, they said, is this your sons? Now they're saying, your father. The brothers have been hurt and damaged so bad. So as a family, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a man, whatever I got, if I'm not married to have my kids somewhere else, it's my job to repair their hearts. It's my job as the parent. Because they're children, they don't know. We've lived longer than them. I can't expect them to understand relationships yet. I can't expect them to know how to love. I can't expect them to come together. I'm the adult, so it's my job to fix this before they get older and call them your mama and your brother and your daddy and your sister. And now i got division all in my house and my family. And my kids don't even like each other. Why? Because I didn't take time to show them all that I love them. Come on. You got to love our kids. Is this true? Be told you got multiple kids. One gonna make you cry, and one gonna make you laugh. One gonna make you pray, and one gonna make you a little happy. That's just it. You got both your kids. They all different. They all got a little something, something in them. They all. But guess what? The one that we try to make Jesus got some bad in them too. And the one we think is so bad got some good in them too. Quit making all this notions about everything. All the kids all have good and bad in them. It's our job to bring that out as parents and to love on them. So the brothers they said, look here. They said. Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers said, then his brothers also went down and fell before his face and said, Behold, we are your servants. The brothers' guilty, guilty consciences finally kicked in to full, full, full effect. Daddy ain't around to say it was no more. What are we going to do? It caused them some seriously 
to underestimate Joseph's genuineness of his forgiveness and his affection for them. Joseph had already gave y'all double the grain. He gave you all your money back. He bought y'all here, revealed himself to y'all. He didn't have to do that. He could have put y'all head on the stakes when y'all rolled up. I could have killed y'all. Each of daddy would never know nothing. He did all this to show them that he loved them. He had, watch this, words and actions. Because actions speak louder than words. So if I say I love you, I got to show you. I'm showing you that I love you. It's not just me talking about it. I'm not just saying I forgive you. I truly forgive you. How? I'm going to show you. So Joseph had words and actions behind it. But only God can do this. Trust, if Joseph didn't know God, there's no way he'd been able to forgive him, brothers. Yeah. If he didn't know God, there's no way he would have been able to forgive them. It makes us hold a grudge when we don't know him. I come to challenge all of us today. If someone in our family, maybe even a close friend, we would consider family, has hurt us, betrayed us, but we won't let it go. Has hurt us bad, hurt us real. That's real. Hearts hurt. They've done something wrong to us, but we won't let it go. Maybe they might not try to kill you literally. They ain't no, held no guns in your head. Or maybe they try to assassinate your character. Maybe they're trying to kill you and your reputation and who you are to other people. And you've been holding that grudge. Here's a quote about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord has for your future. That's deep. Chains us to the past. How are we going to get free? Aren't you tired of being chained and bowed down? And it trips me out because when you mad at other people, all school said you're getting rent in your head for free. Uh, they ain't thinking about you. They probably don't even know they made you mad or don't care they did. And you so caught up in it, you so upset and mad about it, that it's controlling your move and how you think you worry about what's going on with them. No, it changed you to your past. I'm sorry, kids, son, freedom today. I want to be free. I don't want nothing chaining me down, nothing holding me down. I want to be free as possible. Yes. It poisons our present. So if I'm changed to my past, that means my right now is all jacked up. Do we want poison? It poisons my present. So if my past is jacked up and my present is jacked up, how am I going to have a future? The reason the Lord was with Joseph because he was working with God. He loved God genuinely. He said, I know what God, I know what's going on. My life is crazy right now, but I trust you and committed to you. That's why he still was able to have his future. So we got to realize that me holding grudges and being mean and being evil and all these things is not going to get me to where God wants me to be. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. (laughs) What? To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Why would I want to forgive the inexcusable? Because God forgave you and your inexcusable self. Uh, Somebody, uh, uh, when I was in adultery, uh, somebody forgave me. When you was in a fornication, somebody forgave you. When you was a drug abuser, somebody forgave you. When you was fighting, when it was murder, when it was backbiting, whatever you did, God forgave your butt. How am I going to forgive nobody else? God has forgiven us for everything. He pinned it to the cross. So how do we not forgive people? God loves us, y'all. Yes, he does. But if yes. we love God, we got to love what he loves most. People. Jesus. I might went over here. When, when we love God, we got to love what he loves most, and that's people. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's what God loves most. Oh, God, that's good. 19, Joseph said to him, do not be afraid, for I am in the place, of, for am I in the place of God? 
But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. In order to bring it about, as it is this day, to save many people. Woo! Next time you see your family member that messed you up and jacked you up, you better walk up to him and give him a hug and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I look up here, sweetie. Come and give me a hug. I love you. You kiss him on their forehead. Give him a grandma kiss. I love you. I love you with all my heart. For real, for real. Whoever it is, because check this out. Joseph is all jacked up. You got to let people know there's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. Because loving is my choice. And I'm not giving you the take. You don't have the power to take away my choice. I choose to love you. I choose to forgive you. Once I stop letting me choose, and now I'm acting how you want me to act, I've given you control. I can't give nobody control over me. I can't give nobody my mind and my heart and my emotions. No, I have to control that. So we have to love people. I will not hold anger and malice in my heart towards anybody because God has forgiven me for something. So guess what? I'm going to forgive you too. But as for you, look at this. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. I love that. Uh, if you didn't hate me, if you didn't betray me, if you didn't sell me to the Egyptians, if I didn't go to prison, if I wouldn't have landed in Egypt, I would have never found in favor with Pharaoh. And I wouldn't have saved all my family from starvation. So it's fine what you meant for evil. God actually meant it for my good. Uh, Y'all looking at me crazy. Okay, okay, that's the Bible. That's the, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. I believe in the Bible, praise God. But I got some real life put on it too. Uh, it was a it was a man, a car dealership man, a car dealer man in a small town. He was robbed, and his 12-year-old son was killed. The thieves slit the man's throat and buried him in a shallow grave. They left him for dead. The man dug his way out of the grave, ran to the nearest home, and rushed to the hospital where he was cared for. The police found and brought the people to justice who had brought so much evil upon his family. But y'all probably wonder, how did this man throat get slit, get put in a grave, how was he able to dig himself out? That only makes good sense. The reason the man didn't didn't bleed to death from having his throat cut is because the throat, the, the excuse me, the dirt that was thrown over him stopped the, stopped the wound. So he was buried. The dirt that was thrown over him stopped the wound. The thing that was meant to kill me actually by my deliverance. The dirt stopped the bleeding. That very thing that they meant to murder him with helped save him in the end. So whatever's been thrown at you lately, whatever someone has said or did to hurt you, don't get discouraged. The very thing that God that they did to hurt you, God will use to bless you. The very thing they did to put evil, God will use it for your good. Our God is a transformation God. He transformed things. Things that were intended to hurt me and harm me, he uses them for our good. God did it for Joseph. God did it for that man. So I know God will do it for me and you as well. God will help you through it all, but you gotta know He comes to help and deliver. Yes, yes. So don't get mad when evil arises in your life. You, don't get mad when people hurt you. I know it might hurt because you might love them and it might be close, but know that God is working it for my good. The Bible says all things together. work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Amen. 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 We give God a praise and place. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, O God, for this for today. We thank you, O God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, for this series, O God. I thank you, O God, for using your word to show us that family matters, O God, that we must be good 
stewards of our families, oh God. If families are important to you, oh God, we must love our husbands, our wives, love our children, love our close friends, love everyone, Father God. In the midst of it all, even when things get hard, we must know that whatever is happening, and it might seem evil, but you mean it for our good. Because we cannot get to the blessing without being broken. So I don't know where you stand at today. But I know Jesus loves you. I don't know where you at with your relationship with Christ. But he died for me, for you, for everyone in here. He came. They said the song earlier said I was worth saving. God thought we were worth saving, y'all. He took that punishment, that beating. He took all that just so he can save us. We look at Joseph as a, as a type of Christ. He took all kind of punishment and beating for his brothers so God can use him and save him as well. God loves you. And God wants you to make a decision, a clear, conscious decision to say, you know what, Lord? I want you as my Lord and Savior. And that's the key thing, Lord and Savior. Everybody want to be saved. We want Jesus to be our Savior. Save us from hell. Save us from this. And he wants to do all that. But he also wants to be Lord of your life. Lord means I submit to you. Yes. Lord means I love you more than I love myself. Lord means I will do what you're asking me to do. Lord means I bow down to you. And to get experience God how you need to experience him, he got to be Lord first. Savior is the icing on the cake. But he got to be Lord first. So if anybody wants to let Jesus be Lord and Savior, today will be a great day. Today will be a great day. Or maybe you are saved. Maybe you're just in transition and you're looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Brand new church. God is doing some amazing things here. I'm grateful for what he's doing and moving through this ministry. Me, Lady Thomas, and I would love to have you. Love to pass you. Love to love on you. And help you be what God has called you to be. Or maybe you maybe you just want to be baptized. A candidate for baptism. We'll take you to that water. Whatever you desire. But just know that God loves you. And he cares. God Loves you. He's never forgotten about you. I know at times we think God has forgotten about us. God has left us. We and Joseph in that dungeon experience. We locked away. We've been beat down and hurt and in pain. And we've forgotten all. But trust me, God is there and he cares. Sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. So if there's anyone, maybe you need special prayer. We'll pray with you today. I don't know what you need. Maybe you need special prayer. Myself, Lady Thomas, and I pray with you whatever you stand in the need of. Just know Jesus is real and he loves you. He cares for you. I don't drag this out, but I care about your soul. I do. And God does too. So last call of you, you need to be saved. And only you and God know that. If you need to be saved, make a decision for Christ. You need a church home, you need a covering, somebody to love on you, somebody to pray for you. Make a decision. Or maybe you need special prayer, like I said, that's what we're here for. Make a decision. But we love you and we care for you. Amen. All right, let's give God a praise. Amen. Amen. You got something for the word today? Give God a praise. Amen. He's good, he's kind, he's so great, merciful to us all. I want to welcome you all to New Creation Church. Amen. Amen. Has been good and kind to us. We are actually uh, in the last uh, sermon in the series, Family Matters. Been on a journey for six weeks, uh, dealing with this uh, series and dealing with the family. And all of us, all of us have family, and 
all kind of issues come with having families. Amen? They do, but God has given us his word and then given us examples in the Bible to see people and their families and their issues and how they come over, how they can overcame those. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 50. You don't know how to turn to it. I got it on the screen. Thank God for technology. Amen. So you want to have to turn to it real quick. Part A of the verse. Real quick. You stand for God's reading of his word. Real quick. Just one quick verse. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. Amen. You don't mind telling somebody he meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. God is good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Real quick, just a quick recap of what we've all done to get us to this point, what we talked about. We talked about God. Who is God is? God is the creator of the family. God created the family. So it is his family. It's not ours. So with him, he made man, male, female, and he also made us to have children. So what is the purpose of the family? To increase the image of God on the earth. So the family is to increase God's image. So the family, to have, be happy in your family is a benefit, but it's not the goal. Once you have a family, you operate how God says to do it, then you will have happiness. But it's the benef- that's the benefit, not the goal. The goal is to make sure the image of God continues to flood all around this earth. So we talked about how sin destroyed the family in Genesis chapter 3, and then how sin reversed the roles, how the enemy came in and tried to make Eve the head, and how he tore it all down, and made Adam was like, hey, hiding out. God said, where are you, Adam? Couldn't find him. It's the woman you gave me. Blame it all on Eve and all that stuff. And so God had to set back the roles and make it right. So we've been dealing with Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now we're all the way to Joseph. Just doing a re- quick cat recap to what we're doing. And then last week, we discussed... Joseph and his brothers. The relationship with his brothers, Jacob loved his son Joseph more than all of his other sons. He even made him his own special edition coat that no one else had on the earth. We learned that his brothers hated him. Why? Because of his daddy. Because he loved them more than all of his other sons. So it really wasn't about him. It was about what the dad did. And Joseph had a gift for, uh, from God interpreting dreams. His dreams showed him that all of his brothers and his father and everybody would eventually bow down to him. They were upset, so they tried to kill Joseph, but it was Reuben and Judah that talked some sense into the rest of the group. And I told you last week that praise would bring you back into a reason, because sometimes our mind gets so crazy, but Judah, which means praise, will bring us back to where we need to be, because we can get off track sometimes. We get caught up in our feelings and make bad decisions. And instead of killing him, they threw him in a pit and decided to take him out and sell him to the Ishmaelites who were down in Egypt. Now I'm going to do my best to try to get through this, because... The preacher in me, the pastor in me, wants to go through the whole story and make sure I ain't skipping parts, but I don't have time to do all that. So I'm going to do a whole series on Joseph one day because all of us have a little bit of Joseph in us. We have dreams. We have aspirations. God has given us gifts. And sometimes our family and those close to us will try to hurt us and break us down. So all of us have some Joseph in us, but I'm going to only throw a few small homiletic stones in that because i got to get to the family part of it because I want to show you how through God we can salvage what seems unrepairable. Sometimes our families have been hurting so bad and it seems beyond repair, but God with God, we can do anything. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 39 right here real quick. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, a certain captain, a guard, and an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made him, made all he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph, who had hit out on his life, he was thrown in a pit, betrayed by his own blood, had all these issues. He was sold into slavery, but the Lord was with him. 
I love that. I love that. One little thing goes wrong in our life, and we're ready to quit, God. Uh, my boyfriend broke up with me. Uh, this job ain't treating me right. All my money's funny. All that stuff might be true, but if I have God with me, that's all that really matters. Joseph had been betrayed, sold into slavery, thrown in a pit, could have been dead, but the Lord was with him. So check this out. When the Lord is with you, success will come not only to you, but to those who are around you. I love this. When God is with you, you got to think about this. God is so awesome. God is so powerful that his blessings are so big, he don't hoard them for one person. That if I'm blessed, people around me are going to be blessed. That's how it has to roll. That's why David said, you anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. Why did the cup run over? Because God was pouring so much into David that it had to fall on those who were around him. So when God is blessing you, he is pouring things out of you. So we got to want this success. The success that God gives is not predicated on your past. I love that. I love that. See, God doesn't care about your past when he's with you because he's trying to bring you to a certain place. So I can still be victorious even when I was a victim. Uh, it allows me to be triumphant even in tribulations. He does all this for one reason, so he can get all the glory from my story. Yeah, so you should be happy right there. See, God wants to get all the glory out of your life. How does he do that? By giving you these trials and tribulations. And when you finally make it through, you know it's the only way God had to work it out. There's no way that could have happened. So God wants to get the glory out of the story for your life. That's why he allows certain things to happen. So we can all point it back to him. So Joseph is running Potiphar's house. Blessings are flowing all through the house. And Potiphar's wife is noticing Joseph a little too much. Yeah, his boss's wife... She, she on him hard. She's looking at him. She's watching him. And look at what she did. This is the verse right here, verse 9. It says, There is one greater in the house. There is no one greater in the house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Joseph talking to the wife. Because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was. She spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her to lie with her or to be with her. Man, I wish I could spend more time there. That is a whole series, this whole sermon right there. She is chasing Joseph down, begging her, begging him to sleep with her, doing all this. But how did Joseph respond to her request? He said, first of all, first thing that's wrong is you're married. I can't do this. Second thing, your husband's my boss. What do I look like? He gave everything in this house to me to take control of with you. But the third one, which is the most important, is that I am sinning against God. He said, I am sinning against God. So it wasn't just about her. He knew that God had blessed me to be in this land. Everything I did prosper. So I cannot sin against God, which leads me to my next point. Integrity means so much. Yeah. Integrity means so much. We cannot dismiss the fact that, yes, Joseph had a gift. Joseph was handsome. Joseph had success. Joseph was running things, but he had integrity, and that's why the Lord was with him. Sometimes God can't be with us how we want him to be because we have no integrity. Come on, break that down. We want to get into this thing where we don't understand why God is moving in our lives. And Joseph, back when he was younger, I told you like he was snitching on his brothers. He was going to get his dad a report. But if his dad gave them a job to do and they didn't do the job, they were being bad managers of what his dad gave him. So Joseph had integrity enough to say, I'm going to tell dad that y'all not doing what y'all supposed to do. So Joseph Ben had integrity. See, we got to be careful because success, we want success. Success can be a drug and it can be addictive to us. We can want this and want that, we want so much. And it messes up because sometimes we want the world's version instead of God's version. Come on, man. 
Yeah, yeah. You got to get to the point in life. I'd rather be poor and honest than rich and dishonest. I'd rather have God's blessings on me. I'd rather have God in me than go get it your way. Because if I get it your way, the, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow to it. And we wonder why some people have sorrow. They look like they got success, money, fame. They got everything they want to have. But there's sorrow with it. That's not God's plan for us. So, man, I got to hurry up and get to this thing. So, sister girl finally pins Joseph down, and she tried to take it from me, y'all. So, I can't take it no more. You run through this house looking good. I don't care about my husband. You, I, Joseph, I want you. She pins him up in the corner and tells him, come lie with me. Come lay with me. Joseph gets scared and takes off running so fast, he ran out of his clothes, y'all. Uh-oh. She had his clothes in her hand. Joseph came out of his robe, being in his master's house, butt naked, and his wife it got his clothes. I can imagine the look on her face. She's probably freaking out. What am I going to do? I got this man's robe in my hands. So what did she do? She lies. Help, help, help. The Egyptian, y'all, the Hebrew y'all bought in this house is trying to sleep with me. So they run and find Joseph. He's somewhere hiding. He's somewhere naked. She tells them, yeah, this Hebrew, Hebrew boy y'all bought in my house has mocked you, has mocked everybody. He tried to sleep with me. So the husband come home. He's very disappointed. He trusted Joseph to have everything. He loved Joseph, put him in charge of everything. And now he finds out he's trying to sleep with his wife. So what does he do? He takes him and puts him in a prison. The dreamer is now in jail. I love this because I know brothers and sisters have been locked up before. And I love this just because you locked up my body don't mean you can lock up my mind. See, I can still dream. I have the power to think. I have the power to dream. So even though Joseph is locked up, that doesn't mean he still don't have his gift. So Joseph gets locked up. Verse 21, the same chapter says, again, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. A common theme about Joseph's life is that the Lord was with him. The best place any of us can be in is when the Lord is with us. Amen. Yes, he Joseph in prison now. He's caught up. He didn't been lied on. He didn't went through this. He didn't went through that. All these issues. Now he's trying to do right, trying to serve God, trying to make the best out of his situation. But now he's in prison. Now his two brothers in prison with him, and they what happens? They have dreams, but they can't interpret. See, sometimes when issues arise, God needs to get you to the right people to get you to the right place. He put them in prison to get close to them so Joseph Gift could go forth. We ain't willing to do that. We ain't willing to maybe to go to a prison season so our gift can come forth. Yes. So so we sitting down and they they there and, and he's talking to him. Joseph interprets the dreams. He says, This is gonna happen to you, this was gonna happen to you, and uh he's giving them all they wanna know, and then what happens? One man goes and gets released by Pharaoh, he gets released, and he's happy, Joseph excited, he knows that he's happy, and Joseph said this, don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. Well we we would probably all do the same, will we? I mean, I'm locked up. I ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't seen. I ain't did no issues. Don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. But that's not what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to sit for a season. Why? Because God knows our beginning and the end. And it's our job to trust that. That's it. Come on. That's it. See, that's the difficult right there. God knows everything about our life. And it's our job to trust that. And because Joseph didn't want to trust that and told him, hey, don't forget to tell Pharaoh about me. Dude forgot about Joseph for a whole two years. Imagine, tonight, this ain't no federal prison. This ain't no, now, he in a dungeon, y'all. Rats, roaches, and everything else is bad. Now, he's in a dungeon. Has to sit for another two years because he, wanted, because he didn't want to wait for God's timing. Wow. See, maybe you've been living right. Maybe you've been sacrificing for God. Maybe you think you should have what you deserve right now. And because it hasn't happened yet, you do things to start speeding up the process. Yes. 
See, tell somebody trust the process. process. You've got to learn to trust the process. See, the problem is you don't know what God is working out inside of you. You think you're ready for the blessing, but you ain't been broken yet. You think you're ready for it. You think you can handle what God has for you, but you haven't experienced the brokenness. I love this. Being broken allows me to appreciate the journey before I reach the destination. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It allows me to appreciate it. See, that, that, that peanut butter jelly and syrup sandwich makes that ribeye and that flamboyant taste so much better. <laughs> that minimum wage job to going to be a boss makes me appreciate it so much better. That being single and loving God to finally marry the person of God said I should have makes me appreciate it so much more. See, being broken lets me know that God is in control. And if he said it, then that settles it. Uh, sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. He's trying to, man, I got. I can't get to all the details and all this stuff. Man, we got to get to the family. So, so, so Joseph is two years. Uh, his homies got out. He's trying to get before Pharaoh. And he's just trying to get before Pharaoh. And the only reason he finally gets to get before Pharaoh is because Pharaoh has a dream. Again, God's using his gifting to make a way for him. So Joseph, what happens? He interprets Pharaoh's dream. He gives, he gives Egypt a business plan to survive during the famine. Pharaoh sees this dream. He says, this is how God's going to do it. He's going to have this seven years of good, seven years of bad. We got to get this stuff together, start saving and making this uh, grain and all this food. So what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh makes Joseph second in command of all of Egypt. Yeah, somebody should have shouted right there. I miss y'all shout. Joseph, I'm breaking it down for you. Maybe I'll catch it. Joseph, a Hebrew slave in a foreign land placed in jail by his boss, then gets a pardon, and the person that put him in jail is now underneath him. Woo! You mean to tell me God can take those who have put you in a place you didn't deserve and then put them underneath you? Why is God so awesome? I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to get you to the point to trust him with your right now because he knows your very end. Once you get to the point that you trust him, he's able to do more exceedingly and abundantly than you can think or ask. So now 13 years have passed. Joseph was 17 when he went to Egypt. He's 30 now. The dream he interpreted about the having a, uh, the famine coming and all these things. So it's getting bad now. They had the seven years of plenty. Now the seven years of famine coming. They in the second year of the famine and it's getting bad. Uh, Egypt has all those uh, the valuables, all the grain. So other countries are coming up to Egypt to collect from them now. So Joseph is living his best life, y'all. He in Egypt. He's second in command, only the Pharaoh. He got all the stuff, all everything underneath him. He finds him an Egyptian woman and marries her. Yeah, y'all, yeah, he rules like Egyptians too. Don't think nobody don't like no sisters. Don't, don't, don't let nobody fool you. That's in the Bible, they like sisters too. So he marries him an Egyptian woman and got a couple kids. And, and Joseph is chilling, having all this good stuff. He didn't kind of forgot about his brothers and all that mess, all that pain. Like he got out of that. And then we get to Genesis 42. When Jacob saw that there was no grain, this is Joseph's father in Egypt. When Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do y'all look to another? And he said, indeed, I've heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy from us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph, ten brothers, went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. For he said, let some calamity befall him. So we see a father who has been crippled. See, Benjamin had the same mama as, jo- as a Joseph, Rachel. She's passed away now. So he says, look here, y'all ten go down there, but I'm not losing my other son to y'all. Y'all can go. So we see a father who has been crippled by his son's lies. He thinks Joseph is dead, and Benjamin is the only thing he has to keep close to Rachel. 
His brothers thought they got rid of their problem with Joseph. See, all that love and affection and grief, all that stuff that Joseph got, it just turned to Benjamin. All the things they thought was going to bring him closer to their daddy probably made their daddy worse before because now he's paranoid. Now he's tripping. Now he got issues. He don't want his son to go nowhere. He's holding up to him. And it amazes me how sin gives us these impulses and notions that if we do what sin wants us to do, it's going to work out in our good. When we do something that we think is going to work out, that we think this is not God's plan, but I want it to work, I go and do it this way, and then it don't work out how we thought, and then we get mad at God. Why is that? The brothers is tripping now. They all messed up, so now they're going down to Egypt. They're going to buy some grain, and guess who recognizes his brothers? Good old Joseph. It's been 13 years. They don't recognize him. He looks like an Egyptian now. Even in that sun, he got some tan on him. He don't look the same. So Joseph calls them over. He said, hey, y'all spies. What y'all doing down here? Y'all some spies. They said, no, no, no. We're not spies. We're 12 brothers. The youngest is still with the father, and one of our brothers is no more. So Joseph said, okay, then prove it. Bring me your younger brother, and I'm going to put the rest of y'all in jail until y'all come back. So now they sit in prison for three days. They all messed up. Joseph comes and says, look here. If y'all honest men... Like y'all say y'all, go down to your family. I'm just going to keep one of y'all here. The rest of y'all go. Bring me back y'all little brother, and y'all will not die. The pick up right here, verse 21. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. They in jail. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress comes upon us. And Reuben answered, said, did I not speak to you, saying, do not sin against the boy? You would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required for us. The brothers' hearts have become cold. They've forgotten about Joseph. They put it out their mind. All of us had something. We tried to put it out our mind. Something we did. We had no business doing. Shouldn't have did it. Wish we didn't did it. Regret it. And we just try to put that all the way in the back of our mind. I, I, am I the only one that ever had a feeling like this? Y'all quiet on me. Oh, Jesus. Back of the mind. Y'all know the back of the mind is I'm trying to forget that thing. I'm trying to get rid of it. I ain't trying to think about it no more. But now they face with the problem. So the brothers are having a real conversation and the weight of the sin is on them. They remember his anguish. They remember seeing their brother crying saying, come back, come back. Don't leave me, don't leave me. All them feelings are hurting them. Then the oldest boy reminded everybody what he said. I did the trip. The person that knew they was right, I always had to remind everybody they was right. I told y'all don't send them over there. I told y'all keep the boy. I told y'all that ain't helping none of us. Now we in jail, bro. We're trying to get out of here. What we going to do? So Joseph, is, he's kind of playing with him. He's using an interpreter to communicate with them. But Joseph speaks Hebrew. He knows exactly what they're saying. So he says he keeps Simeon. He keeps one brother and lets the other one go down to uh, back to Canaan to get with their father. Simeon is one of the ones that tried to kill him and was cool with selling him. So imagine being Joseph for a minute, y'all. The day has come, your brothers who stole your Nike, Polo, Tommy, Gucci coat, your special edition, they threw you in a pit that should have killed you, then sold you into slavery, hold you screaming, heard you saying, please stop, don't do this, don't do this, heard all that, didn't do nothing, then you go to someone's house, do what's right, go spend two years in a dungeon, all because of them, and now I got the power to get them back. What would you do? What would you do? This is real life. Because sometimes them, them same predicaments happen another way where somebody has done us dirty, turned us horrible, treated us like dirt, and now the tables have turned, and now we got a position, we got a way, a position of power that we can do something about it, 
a wicked harmer. So Joseph sends them back. He fills up their grain and he gives them their money back. So the brothers get back home. They scared. They tripping now. Not only do they got grain, not only do they got what they need, but all their money back in their sacks. They like this dude trying to set us up. This dude trying to kill us. What is he doing? They nervous and paranoid. So they get back home. Jacob, who real, whose name is Israel now, doesn't want to release Benjamin no more. They tell him, hey, daddy, we got to go back and get some more grain, but we got to give us a young boy. And he don't want to release his sons. So then time has went by. They're running out of food now. So they like, the brothers are here. If I don't bring them back, kill my family, daddy. They, the daddy's all jacked up. We all going to die. If I don't bring them back, kill, do whatever you got to do, daddy. But we, I'll put my life in his hands. I, I die before he come back, before he don't come back, Daddy. So they all plead with the daddy because they're about to die because there is no more food now. They're all hungry. So they finally convinced the daddy to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and give him the boy because we all going to die. They get up. They leave. They cry. Then they go to dinner. They go have dinner with Joseph. So Joseph has all 12 of his brothers back in his presence. And Joseph a clown, y'all. Joseph silly. He went and put them all in order how old they was. Set them around the table. They looked at him like, how he know this? They tripping, so he got them out, he have dinner with them, and they talking about what's going on. He asked them how their father's doing. Then he gets to see his little brother. He, uh, his little brother he ain't seen since he was 17. It's the same. They share the same mother. So he hugs him, shows some emotions. Are all out of whack now. He got so much going on, he's feeling happy because he gets to see his little brother. He sees the two brothers that tried to save him. He sees the other ones. He got all these emotions built up in him. So Joseph leaves. He goes and goes crying. He got to go get back. He goes back in the chamber, goes crying, and he comes out and says this. It messes up the whole program. <laughs> he says, I, in verse 45, chapter 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But the brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Can you imagine that? That he came in and said, I am Joseph? Can you imagine the look on their face? They probably ready to pee on themselves. <laughs> Scared to death. What you mean, you Joseph? But they all end up at the table, bowing down, asking for grain, just like his dream said it would. I'm glad to know that when God handles on your life, ain't no one or no thing that can stop it. When God said this is what's for you, when God said this is yours, nobody can take it away from you. His brothers tried to kill him. They tried to put him in jail. They tried to do everything they told him, but it still came to pass. So Joseph uh, rescues his family. He comes down to Egypt. Uh, they survived the famine. Some time has passed. Israel now dies. His daddy dies now. So Israel came. He's happy. He finally got to see Joseph, and he can't believe it. So his dad's like, hey, I'm good. I thought my son was dead. I can go. I can die. I can go to heaven. Everything's good now. They get them all back, and they take them back to bury him. They go all the way back. Tell Pharaoh, hey, I need to go back and bury my father. I need to go back to Canaan. So they did all this to get to this point right here because Joseph returns home with his brothers. And that's verse 15 right there. Who it says, when Joseph saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. And may actually repay us for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a messenger to Joseph before he died and commanded and saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. Check out their language though. They said, Maybe, since our father is dead, they come to him and says, Before your father died, he commanded. They still don't call each other brothers. You see how that line of separation has divided that whole family? Wow. It's not our father. Wow. It's your father. Wow. See, funny. when we divide our families and play favorites with our kids and do all that silly stuff, it messes them up. 
They don't even know how to communicate together. As a family, the work is a unit. Before they said, they gave him the jacket, they said, is this your sons? Now they're saying, your father. The brothers have been hurt and damaged so bad. So as a family, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a man, whatever I got, if I'm not married to have my kids somewhere else, it's my job to repair their hearts. It's my job as the parent. Because they're children, they don't know. We've lived longer than them. I can't expect them to understand relationships yet. I can't expect them to know how to love. I can't expect them to come together. I'm the adult, so it's my job to fix this before they get older and call them your mama and your brother and your daddy and your sister. And now I got division all in my house and my family. And my kids don't even like each other. Why? Because I didn't take time to show them all that I love them. Come on. We gotta love our kids. It's just truth be told. You got multiple kids. One gonna make you cry, and one gonna make you laugh. One gonna make you pray, and one gonna make you a little happy. That's just it. You got multiple kids. They all different. They all got a little something, something in them. They all. But guess what? The one that we try to make Jesus got some bad in them too. And the one we think is so bad got some good in them too. Quit making all this notions about everything. All the kids all have good and bad in them. It's our job to bring that out as parents and to love on them. So the brothers, they said, look here, they said, Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers said, then his brothers also went down and fell before his face and said, behold, we are your servants. The brothers' guilty, guilty conscience finally kicked in to full, full, full effect. Daddy ain't around to say it was no more. What are we going to do? It caused them some seriously to underestimate Joseph's genuineness of his forgiveness and his affection for them. Joseph had already gave y'all double the grain. He gave you all your money back. He bought y'all here, revealed himself to y'all. He didn't have to do that. He could have put y'all head on the stake as soon as y'all rolled up. I could have killed y'all. Each of daddy would never know nothing. He did all this to show them that he loved them. He had, watch this, words and actions. Because actions speak louder than words. So if I say I love you, I got to show you. I'm showing you that I love you. It's not just me talking about it. I'm not just saying I forgive you. I truly forgive you. How? I'm going to show you. So Joseph had words and actions behind it. But only God can do this. Trust, if Joseph didn't know God, there's no way he'd been able to forgive them brothers. Yeah. If he didn't know God, there's no way he would have been able to forgive them. It makes us hold a grudge when we don't know him. I come to challenge all of us today. If someone in our family, maybe even a close friend, we would consider family, has hurt us, betrayed us, but we won't let it go. Has hurt us bad, hurt us real. That's real. Hearts hurt. They've done something wrong to us, but we won't let it go. Maybe they might not try to kill you literally. They ain't no, held no guns in your head. Or maybe they try to assassinate your character. Maybe they're trying to kill you and your reputation and who you are to other people. And you've been holding that grudge. Here's a quote about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord has for your future. That's deep. Chains us to the past. How are we going to get free? Aren't you tired of being chained and bowed down? And it trips me out because when you mad at other people, old school said you get them rent in your head for free. Uh, they ain't thinking about you. They probably don't even know they made you mad or don't care they did. And you so caught up in it, you so upset and mad about it, that it's controlling your move and how you think you worry about what's going on with them. No, it changed you 
to your past. I'm sorry to kill some freedom today. I want to be free. I don't want nothing chaining me down, nothing holding me down. I want to be free as possible. Yes. It poisons our present. So if I'm changed to my past, that means my right now is all jacked up. Wow, you hit Do we want poison? It. it poisons my present. So if my past is jacked up and my present is jacked up, how am I going to have a future? The reason the Lord was with Joseph because he was working with God. He loved God genuinely. He said, I know what God, I know what's going on. My life is crazy right now, but I trust you and committed to you. That's why he still was able to have his future. So we got to realize that me holding grudges and being mean and being evil and all these things is not going to get me to where God wants me to be. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. What? To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Why would I want to forgive the inexcusable? Because God forgave you and your inexcusable self. Uh, Somebody, uh, uh, when I was in adultery, uh, somebody forgave me. When you was in a fornication, somebody forgave you. When you was a drug abuser, somebody forgave you. When you was fighting, when it was murder, when it was backbiting, whatever you did, God forgave you. But how am I going to forgive nobody else? God has forgiven us for everything. He pinned it to the cross. So how do we not forgive people? God loves us, y'all. Yes, he does. But if yes. we love God, we got to love what he loves most. People. Ooh, Jesus. I might went over here. When, when we love God, we got to love what he loves most, and that's people. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's what God loves most. Oh, God, that's good. 19, Joseph said to him, do not be afraid, for I am in the place, of, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for my good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people. Woo. Next time you see your family member that messed you up and jacked you up, you better walk up to them and give them a hug and say, I forgive you. Oh. I forgive you. I look up at you. Come and give me a hug. I love you. You kiss them on their forehead. Give them a grandma kiss. I love you. I love you with all my heart. For real, for real. Whoever it is, because check this out. Joseph is all jacked up. You got to let people know there's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. Because loving is my choice. And I'm not giving you to take away. You don't have the power to take away my choice. I choose to love you. I choose to forgive you. Once I stop letting me choose, and now I'm acting how you want me to act, I've given you control. I can't give nobody control over me. I can't give nobody my mind and my heart and my emotions. No, I have to control that. So we have to love people. I will not hold anger and malice in my heart towards anybody because God has forgiven me for something. So guess what? I'm going to forgive you too. But as for you, look at this. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. I love that. Uh, if you didn't hate me, if you didn't betray me, if you didn't sell me to the Egyptians, if I didn't go to prison, if I wouldn't have landed in Egypt, I would have never found in favor with Pharaoh. And I wouldn't have saved all my family from starvation. So it's fine what you meant for evil. God actually meant it for my good. Uh, Y'all looking at me crazy. Okay, okay, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. I believe in the Bible, praise God. But I got some real life to put on it too. Uh, it was a it was a man, a car dealership man, a car dealer man in a small town. He was robbed, and his twelve year old son was killed. The thieves slit the man's throat and buried him in a shallow grave. They left him for dead. The man dug his way out of the grave, ran to the nearest home, and rushed to the hospital where he was cared for. The police found and brought the people to justice who had brought so much evil upon his family. 
But y'all probably wonder how did this man throat get slit, get put in a grave? How was he able to dig himself out? That don't even make good sense. The reason the man didn't didn't bleed to death from having his throat cut is because the throat, the, the excuse me, the dirt that was thrown over him stopped the, stopped the wound. So he was buried. The dirt that was thrown over him stopped the wound. The thing that was meant to kill me actually by my deliverance. Y'all ain't helping me with this thing. The dirt stopped the bleeding. That very thing that they meant to murder him with helped save him in the end. So whatever's been thrown at you lately, whatever someone has said or did to hurt you, don't get discouraged. The very thing that God, that they need to hurt you, God will use to bless you. The very thing they need to put evil, God will use it for your good. Our God is a transformation God. He transformed things. Things that were intended to hurt me and harm me, he uses them for our good. God did it for Joseph. God did it for that man. So I know God will do it for me and you as well. God will help you through it all, but you gotta know He comes to help and deliver. Yes, yes. So don't get mad when evil arises in your life. Don't so get mad when people hurt you. I know it might hurt because you might love them and it might be close, but know that God is working it for my good. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Amen. 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 We give God a praise in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, oh God, for this for today. We thank you, oh God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, for this series, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for using your word to show us that family matters, oh God, that we must be good stewards of our families, oh God, that families are important to you, oh God, that we must love our husbands, our wives, love our children, love our close friends, love everyone, Father God, in the midst of it all, even when things get hard, we must know that whatever is happening, and it might seem evil, but you mean it for our good, because we cannot get to the blessing without being broken. So I don't know where you stand at today, but I know Jesus loves you. I don't know where you at with your relationship with Christ. But he died for me, for you, for everyone in here. He came. They said the song earlier said I was worth saving. God thought we were worth saving, y'all. He took that punishment, that beating. He took all that just so he can save us. We look at Joseph as a, as a type of Christ. He took all kind of punishment and beating for his brothers so God can use him to save him as well. God loves you. And God wants you to make a decision, a clear, conscious decision to say, you know what, Lord? I want you as my Lord and Savior. And that's the key thing, Lord and Savior. Everybody want to be saved. We want Jesus to be our Savior. Save us from hell. Save us from this. And he wants to do all that. But he also wants to be Lord of your life. Lord means I submit to you. Lord means I love you more than I love myself. Lord means I will do what you're asking me to do. Lord means I bow down to you. And to get experience God how you need to experience them, he got to be Lord first. Savior is the icing on the cake. But he got to be Lord first. So if anybody wants to let Jesus be Lord and Savior, today will be a great day. Today will be a great day. Or maybe you are saved. Maybe you're just in transition. You're looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Brand new church. God is doing some amazing things here. I'm grateful for what he's doing and moving through this ministry. Me, Lady Thomas, and I would love to have you. Love to pass you, love to love on you, and help you be what God has called you to be. Or maybe you maybe you just want to be baptized, a candidate for baptism. We'll take you to that water. Whatever you desire, but just know that God loves you and He cares. God 
loves you. He's never forgotten about you. I know at times we think God has forgotten about us. God has left us. We ain't Joseph in that dungeon experience. We locked away. We've been beat down and hurting and pain, and we've forgotten all. But trust me, God is there and He cares. Sometimes you just got to be still and know that He is God. So if there's anyone, maybe you need special prayer. We need to pray with you today. I don't know what you need. Maybe you need special prayer. Myself, Lady Thomas, and I will pray with you. Whatever you stand in the need of, just know Jesus is real and He loves you. He cares for you. I don't drag this out, but I care about your soul. I do. And God does too. So last call for you. We need to be saved. And only you and God know that. If you need to be saved, make a decision for Christ. If you need a church home, you need a covering, somebody to love you, somebody to pray for you, make a decision. Or maybe you need special prayer, like I said, that's what we're here for. Make a decision. But we love you and we care for you. Amen. All right, let's give God a praise. Amen. Amen. You got something for the word today. Give God a praise. Amen. He's good. He's kind. He's so great. Merciful to us all.